we we've been talking about sober. We started about talking about sober sight last week, and um, and so 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 t- this week we're gonna get into uh, avoiding the blurred life, avoiding the blurred life. Um, and and again, we're we're we got a lot going on. I was I had a wonderful conversation with a pastor out of Virginia that I met at a retreat at the uh, Cove. Such a refreshing conversation, <laughs> uh, very empowering. But you know, we just talking about a lot of stuff that's going on, and you know, some of the diversions, some of the distractions, you know, just just some of the things that can keep us blurred. And I, I was thinking about this. I, this is just my mind operates this way. Uh, I mean, we're in a culture now. You know, if you say boo, you probably gonna have to publicly apologize to Casper and the Friendly Ghost. I mean, it's kind of like that now. Like, you, you said, boo-ed? Oh, no, 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 dude. You're going to have to publicly get up here and apologize to Casper the Ghost and all other spooks out here. It's kind of like that. It's, you know, it's kind of like every, you know, like you don't realize what you said that was off until after you said it. You know, like, I mean, I just, it's just so much out here. So uh, I got this quote from Steve Forbes, and the statement was, uh, we got to try to see what others aren't. We have to try to see what others aren't. I was at this, uh, this, uh, it's called a get motivated seminar, Zig Ziglar and, um, Steve Forbes and some other Archie Griffin, some other different, uh, Colin Powell, uh, a bunch of, uh, leaders were there. Um, and, uh, Zig Ziglar is, is kind of my guy. So uh, he made this comment, go as far as you can see, and you can see farther. So, 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 so go as far as you can see, and you can see farther. So I think about with the children of Israel that's running around in the wilderness for 40 years, you know, basically. And so they were instructed to go to the mountain. So, but the purpose of going to the mountain was not to get to the mountain, was to see Jericho, <laughs> Right? So sometimes we have to go as far as we can see to see further, right? All right, so let's go here at 1 Thessalonians 5. Again, we're talking about sober sight, 1 Thessalonians 5. And again, uh, just to preface, everything we talk about is, uh, for some people it may be watering, for some people it may be insight, revelation, new information, some people it may be challenging, some people it may be con- Conviction. Some people, they may be tempted to be condemned, but it's all targets. Like you just, you know, you set targets. You establish, okay, this is going to be my target. I never thought about that. I don't even know if I could do that, but God, I'm going to need your help to get to that. God, I'm going to need your help to do that. So just because we're talking about sober sight, people are not going to necessarily. Some people are going to walk out of here seeing clearly. Some people will have to set it as a target to see clearer. Right, but we all have the opportunity to be sober-minded. Right, we talked about that last week. Is, uh, haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a, and a sound mind. That's a sober or clear-thinking mind. That's what God has at least afforded all of us, or we all have the opportunity to attain that. So, First Thessalonians five, huh? First Thessalonians five. What did I say before? Oh, okay. 
that normally would have pulled the joke out, but I was going to let it go. All right, so, <laughs> all right, so six, uh, uh, verse six. It says, therefore, let us not sleep as do others. So it's, it's saying there's folk out here sleep. And then after the semicolon, it says, but let us watch and be sober. Let us watch, be alert and be sober. First Thessalonians 5, 6. Verse 7, it says, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. It says, but let us who are of the day be sober, emphasize it again, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for, for helmet and the hope of salvation, right? So it, it, it emphasized here a couple of times, be sober. I just want to read this out of the Amplified. It says, so, so let us not sleep, look, in spiritual indifference, because sometimes we, we want to stay between the lines. It don't take all that. I don't think that that's important, but, you know, of course, that's uh, Wednesday's teaching, right? The blind eye, right? It says, let us, not, let us not sleep in spiritual indifference as the rest of the world does. It says, but let us keep wide awake, <laughs> alert and cautious, and let us be sober, self-controlled, calm, and wise, right? It says, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk get drunk at night. But since we, believers, belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet and hope and confident assurance of salvation or wholeness. So it, it, this, this is, hey, hey, let's stay awake and alert. Let us not get caught in a stupor uh, where we're blurred. You know, we're kind of blurred. We're not blind, but we're not clear either. You know, because you can have vision and, you know, uh, I know I deal with this sometimes. I'm on the computer all day. Like, you know, I need to put the reading glasses on because I have blurred vision. But I have vision. It's just not clear. Right? And it's so interesting. Uh, so uh, me and my wife, we'd be at the house, right? And so sometimes I don't know. Like, you know, I see this pretty face right here. She, she has, you have contacts in now, right? So there's times when she might not have her contacts in. So I'll show her something, but she can't see it. But I can't see she can't see it. Right? Look like she sees just as clear as everybody else, but she says, hold on a second, let me put my glasses on. What is she saying is, I see, and, and so I, I'll be picking with her. I says, you can't see me? You can't see? She says, well, I see, I, I see your image or stuff like that. So I'll be you know, making faces and doing hands and stuff like that. But what she's saying is I can't see the detail. And, and so this is how we... <laughs> I'm sorry. People be saying gestures. I actually hear you. I heard you. All right. So, 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 stay focused. All right. So, so this is the thing in our lives. We see sometimes, but we can't see the details. And in some cases, as we were talking about in the teaching on the blind eye, we don't want to see the details. Right? Some cases, you know, we don't want to. <laughs> Z said, I used to be like that. I tell you, I be hearing everything everybody's saying. Like, some things I'm hearing, you haven't even opened your mouth to say. Yeah, we'll get into that, another teaching, discernment. All right, so uh, Titus 1. Let's go to Titus 1. We're going to spend some time in Titus 1 and Titus 2. 
But Titus 1, and we'll start here at verse 15. Titus 1, verse 15. This is interesting. Look, it says, unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. It says, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Look, now this is what happens. A person is blurred but they don't think they're blurred, right? But this is saying nothing is pure, nothing is clear, but they think that they're clear. So, 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 you, so in other words, a person can have a, a blurred view, but communicate as if they can see. And then they'll judge or maybe challenge you from a blurred view. You know, uh, something we used to do uh, coming up, I probably was high school, Cosmo in Jersey, uh, somebody, they would say, hey, such and such told me uh, this about you. And then I would respond, consider the source. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, so we all know how such and such operates. They ain't going to see nothing straight. So, but you're going to take them as for face value? Consider the source. What we just basically saying is that person is always blind or that's what we used to call getting high, blind back in the day. You know, that person's always blind, man. Like, like, so, so how do you know they're clear now, right? And so this is what happens. The blind or blurred person is not evil. They just don't know they're blurred, right? And look, 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 uh, verse 16. So, so, well, I'm going to read 15 again. It says, unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing. It didn't say some things. It says there's nothing pure. It says, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Verse 16, they profess that they know God. So, so, so they're actually professing that they know God. It says, but in works they deny him in their actions, being, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. You know, uh, Romans 1 talks about the reprobate mind. So, again, people aren't evil. People aren't tripping. And see, so, so, so uh, you know, we, we've talked about sober mind, crucial popular decisions, the blind eye, all these different things. Well, why are we talking about these things? Uh, somebody said it. Was it? If I was you, if I was Pastor Mel, oh, I think it was Wednesday when they were saying how basically the actions draw the instruction or the correction, right? So, so what? When, when society operates a certain way, God recognizes the need and meets the need. And so, let's say if if it, if, if 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 the need. Uh, oh, so we'll do this. If you go to. Uh, you go to the doctor. So let's say you go to the doctor. I don't know. You, you dealing with a cold or whatever. So, and they need to give you a prescription. And so they give you the, you know, so they give you antibody, antibodies, right? Something like, is that right? Antibiotics. <laughs> but it's, the system is antibodies, right? <laughs> right. That's how your body fights off stuff, right? So, so they give you antibiotics, right? But if it, if it works right away, that's all you need, right? You're good. But suppose it doesn't work. Oh, no, no, you're done, right? The antibodies didn't work. So when you go back to the doctor, you say, why do you keep giving me this medication? But the, you know why they're giving it to you, right? They're trying to give you something to affect what? Change or healing, right? What's well, the same thing in your life, right? 
Like God keeps giving you what it, what it needs to awaken you, to clear your mind. If your mind doesn't clear, he keeps feeding you. Matter of fact, I tell you this story thousands of times. I, I actually am perfect, I have perfect vision in this eye. Uh, anybody been around here knows that. I can see perfect. I don't wear glasses, but perfect. I have perfect peripheral vision. But this eye right here, if I go like this, y'all all are blurred. So I, I can tell you, okay, over here, I probably can tell you how many people is here. Over here, because people probably got similar colors over there, everybody back there it looks like a blur. So there's a couple of images, and because of my memory, I probably can tell you who's, who's there. That's how I used to pass the driver's test. I memorized all the lines. <laughs> and then when it got to this eye, I would say what I remembered out of this eye, <laughs> right? Right, because I could see perfect, right? And so, so I go to the eye doctor, and they put the, he put lenses in. And so he put a lens in. I couldn't see. So he didn't go, oh, well. And he didn't give me lenses based on my tolerance level. He kept putting lenses in until I would see. And guess what? He didn't put a lens in and then put a poker chip in and then put uh, uh, a chocolate chip in and then put, he just kept putting the same lenses. They, they were all glass. It was the same lenses over and over until what? I could see. And I remember when he got to the lens I could see, ooh, when he got to the lens I could see, it was painful. I jumped out of the machine. I kid you not. I was like, ah! It was like a, a pain, something. He said, he said, listen, man, calm down. He said, when you was a kid, now this guy, I didn't grow up with him. He said, when you was a kid, they told you to put a patch over your eye, didn't they? I was like, yeah, but how would you know? I'm in college. He said, you didn't do it, did you? I was like, no, I didn't. How do you know that? He said, because if you did it, you'll be able to see out of that eye. You have sight in the eye. You haven't exercised it. And so he says, your eye's like a muscle. You haven't exercised it. So now when I put that lens in for you to see, when I put the corrective lens in for you to see, it hurts. It's painful because now you're stretching yourself to see or use a muscle you haven't been using. You know, was it was the Matrix. When, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he left the Matrix, uh, Morpheus means change, talking to Neo means new. He said, uh, Neo said, my eyes hurt. He said, that's because you haven't been using them. So you understand what I'm saying? Just say, because sometimes it, listen, listen. Ask your kids, do they, do they, okay, when you training them, when you potty training them, do you change the, what you're telling them? Or, or are you trying to change to brush their teeth? Do you say, okay, I already told you to brush your teeth eight times, so that's enough, because you, you probably tired of me saying it. You keep telling them to brush their teeth until brushing their teeth becomes their habit. Your kids don't go, every time I come, every time I wake up, every morning, it's make up the bed and brush my teeth. Are you serious right now? Is there something else we could talk about? Right? No. What? It's repetitive for a reason. Your whole worldview has been shaped by repetitious information. Right? So, so what God does is he's customizing the information for what's needed. When you want the, the, the information to change, 
you change. Hey, do one better. Absorb the information, master it, and we can move on to the next class. Because even in school, don't learn your math. You just, hey, you, hey, you're going to be 25 years old still taking math classes. Still in algebra. Right? Some people decide, I'm tired of English. Everywhere you go, English is following you. You got to read, even on Facebook. Right? Everywhere you go. Math, don't it keep following you? You in finances. Did math, are you done with math? Oh, have you ever said, okay, we're going to get another number. If I see another number, there's numbers back there on the clock. If I see another number, here, we are, number, we always talk about numbers. It's always about counting. I don't see nobody arguing when they count their money. You see what I'm saying? Like, all I'm saying is, God's trying to correct our sight. And he's trying to correct our sight based on where our sight is at, not based on where we think it is. And sometimes it may take a year. Some, some people may take two. Some people may take three. But, but, but it's going to keep coming at you until it breaks through. God loves you. Love is, is patient. Like, 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 uh, so I learned this as, as a manager, as a leader, even in ministry. So I was over all these uh, ministries. And so we would meet, and he's, we have our meeting, here's the instructions. And then there was a, a time for evaluation or correction. So I might say, okay, uh, Venetia, um, again, what, what I need you to do is when you turn in your reports, turn in your reports this way and at this time, and we need this format so we're all harmonizing. And, and I need them typed, not written, because then we can, we can, we can navigate in a computer, not type, but, you know, uh, send them through computer. So let's say your default is not that. So you send it a different day, a different time, and you handwrite it. The first time that happened, this, this, this might be a true story, I, my, in my mind I said, so what I got to do, put it in Braille? Because we had just had the meeting a week before. Holy Spirit said, re-emphasize it. So when I called the person up, I said, hey, uh, uh, as per our last meeting, we're, not, we're turning the reports this way. And they said, oh, okay, my bad, my bad, no, not a problem. Two days later, they turned in the report the same way. First thought, so what I got to do, put it in Braille? Right? And then the Holy Spirit said, re-emphasize it. So when I, when I called the person, I said, uh, so per our conversation the other day, what did you hear? And they said, I heard such and such. I said, so now how does this report line up with that? And they was like, what well, does it? And th this is what they said. Uh, well, I was a minister at the time. So this is Mr. Bradley. My apologies. I never wrote it down. If I don't write things down, it's hard for me to absorb it. But, but all I did was reemphasize it. I didn't reemphasize something new. I reemphasize the same thing. I made a package in a different way, but the same thing. Because just because I talked about it that day don't mean everybody absorbed it. And just because I repeat it over and over don't mean everybody got it. And just because everybody got it doesn't mean everybody's going to apply it right away. You see what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's uh, I did a camp, AIRS, the AIRS program. Uh, it was based on fundamentals, big M mentals. 
And your mind can be on, on, only on one channel at the same time. Your mind can't be on faith and fear at the same time, so change the channel. And so fundamentals, what it is, is it teaches you to, to develop new habits. So basketball, if you want to shoot a shot straight, toe, knee, elbow, reach in the net. That's a straight shot. Uh, it's a spread. These two fingers pointing to the rim. If you see a football player throwing the football, his follow through, these two fingers, right? Go straight every time. Goes exactly where you want it to go to. It's not shooting like this. That'll get a ball up. It's not shooting like this. That'll get it to the back of the rim. It's reaching in the hole, right? If you do it over and over and over, it's a habit. To the, I, I, I haven't shot since uh, the beginning of uh, uh, well, February. I went out shooting at the church behind my house uh, the other night. It's Friday night. First shot I put up went in. Not because I'm sweet. It's because of habit. It's habit. It's the, guess what? It's not a different shot. It's the same shot over and over and over. Do you realize how these, these athletes become great? It's training the right way over and over and over. And I'm telling you, it was bored. When I was going to pro camps, I would be outside. I had to make a certain amount of shots, boring foul shots, in a row before I could do what I like to do, the crossovers behind, the spin. All, no, no playing until I did, I had to make left hand, right hand, left hand hooks, right hand hooks, left hand jump shots, right hand jump shots. And if I didn't make them, if I missed one, me and Trail went through some drills. If I missed one, so, so if I got to make 30, 30 hooks, you know, and then I, I get to 29 and I miss, got to start all over again. Nobody's out there but me until I do 30 straight or 50 straight or 100 straight, however it was. Same thing, under the rim shooting. Same thing, left hand, right hand. If I missed 28, start all over again. Then I get to 26, miss, start all over again. I might end up shooting 600 of the same layups because I can't make 30 in a row, right? But, but, after, but when I play, reflex, catch, left hand. Catch, right hand. Catch, dribble, shoot, left hand. Shoot, right hand. It was reflex. Not because I was sweet. Because I trained the right way even when no one was watching. You see what I'm saying? So this is not, so, uh, we, we went through the Master Life class and uh, we had a visitor from, uh, from Ohio. Her grandmother lives here. And the grandmother said, wow. She says, people think I'm old. She says, but it's wonderful to come to a class where people are talking about the word, talking about consistency in the word. She says, you, I was trained a certain way. So I got to train other people the way I was trained. And so they can train other people. Right? Meditate on the word. We talked about this. Meditate on the word day and night. It didn't say meditate on the word. Then meditate on uh, idols. Then meditate. No, meditate on the word. You understand what I'm Because that's what helps us to correct our sight. We're fighting to see, man. You don't see casual. It's, it's impossible. Right? It's impossible. And, and I don't like people weighed and sad, you know. And that's what's happening. People are weighed and sad because uh, they can't see. All right, so let's go over to chapter 2. Chapter 2. Uh, we was already in Titus. So Titus 2, and we'll start here, verse 2. 
It says, look, look, it says, now, now he just went, broke, broke down to us the value of being sober, but then he goes on here in this uh, chapter and he says, uh, well, I'll start with verse one. It says, but, but, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That's clear doctrine, right? Right, and, and verse two, it says, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, that's love, in patience. So, so the people that are mature should be sober, right? Men. Look, it says, an aged woman likewise, that ye be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, right? It says that they may teach the young woman to be sober again, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, right? That the word of God be not blasphemed, right? Look, and then it says young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Every layer, aged, young, it's saying challenge to be sober-minded. Look, in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. That's displaying the cracks, right? Look, sound speech, that's clear speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. This is saying we got to be solid and sober. See, see, like, like, so I get it. I get it because I'm a, um, I'm a, Exhaustive thinker, and to to my benefit and sometimes to my disadvantage, I'm quick witted. So uh, again, I learn how to handle pressure. So if you pressure me, I'm okay. You know, well, I may I may come out with some 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 daggers and darts. Um, so, I, so I so I've worked over the years to 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 package it more in love. But the bottom line is, sometimes, no matter how much loving you are, if a person is clouded, they don't want to hear the truth. And so when you communicate the truth, even in love, it's like, man, ain't nobody trying to hear that. And that's, that's understandable because I wasn't trying to hear it. But love is whether a person is trying to hear it or not, hey, I'm going to give you this truth. You may go away mad at me, but at least when you wake up, you'll have this to reach for. But if I don't give it to you, you're going to wake up and still be lost. Where do I go? Where do I go from here? And so I know it's tough. It's, it's a tough job to serve in the kingdom. Think about it. Nobody comes ready-made. And guess what? No one, no one really, okay, I, I know there's evil people out here, okay? So don't, I'm not stupid. But for the most part, if somebody's coming to church or spending time in the kingdom, coming around the world, uh, even taking the time to judge you and criticize you, people really are genuinely good people. That's what makes it harder because good people make bad choices. They make good choices too, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes good people make bad choices. So, so it would be nice if everybody, it would be nice, but if, if everybody was evil for somebody trying to, to, to give somebody truth and stuff like that, be like, well, you know, a bunch of evil folk. Yeah, what, what? You, I know you ain't got nothing to say to evil self, but that's not the case. You have a bunch of people that are not evil that really mean well, that are trying to do the best they can, that sometimes slipping, falling, and tripping. But because you're slipping, like, okay, we, hey, hey, Benicia, we got to pull the, the quicksand back out. Got to pull the quicksand back out. Isaac, come on, come on. 
we we social distance. I stay over here. You, the quicksand is over in that area somewhere. I won't tell you where it's at yet. But you right here, right? And so you got to pretend because I can't bring nobody else up here because of social distance. Pretend you're just walking along. You're trying to live for God and somebody push you from behind. All right, stop. All right, so they pushed you in quicksand. Now, again, I didn't have the time this week to study this out, but we're going to still use three minutes. I mean, if y'all want five or ten, I'll give you ten. Ten minutes, he's going to sink and die. But Isaac starts explaining to me how somebody pushed him. And then, and, and I might go, well, what were you doing on that road, Isaac? Well, you don't understand. See, that's, see, 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 Pastor, you ain't even listening. Now, Isaac is ready to go in. He's, he's about to go in for, for his, his, his breakdown is probably going to take him at least an hour. How much time do we have? Okay, so let's say this. Let's say if Isaac never got to explain how he got put in the quicksand. My diagnosis is helping him to get out. Does it change? Let's say Isaac did get to explain how he got put in the quicksand. Does my diagnosis change? Because my diagnosis is, all I know is we need to get you out that quicksand. Whether you're justified or unjustified getting in the quicksand is not what's important. What's important is if you stay in this quicksand any longer, you're going you're gonna to sink, you're going to die. So let's get out of the quicksand. Then we can, hey, we can go back and talk about the stories. Man, let's get out of the quicksand. Let's get out of the quicksand. Let's get out of the quicksand. And then we can go back and say, man, man, I can't believe they pushed me in that quicksand. And let me tell you what happened. And probably, I probably, you know, God told me not to go on that road in the first place, not to hang out with them, because they don't really care. They were just hating. And they, they pushed me in the quicksand and left. And we can laugh about it. But guess what? You out of the quicksand. We could, matter of fact, if you want to talk about four hours about it, you can. Because you ain't sinking. All right, thank you. Thank you, Isaac. Get out, get out that quicksand, Isaac. See? Let's see how, it didn't even take ten minutes. Took a couple seconds for him to get out the quicksand, right? <laughs> right, just something to think about. All right, let's go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1. And we'll do, we'll start here, verse 13. Now, this chapter in my Bible reads, exhortation to holiness. So, so, so it's exhorting. So when someone's exhorting you, they're not, it's not a punishment. They're trying to encourage you the value. Uh, they're trying to inspire you, uh, give you a level of incentive that, hey, if you cross over here, Everything changes for you, right? So this is, this is an exhortation, even though it may be convicting at times, right? First uh, Peter 1, 13. It says, wherefore, gird up your loins, gird up the loins of your mind. Lock in. Look, be sober and hope to the end for the grace. Uh, it says, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Now, it's, it's exhorting you not to do that, right? It says, but as he which has called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now, that word conversation there means manner of living. 
right, in the, in, in the Greek is manner of living. And, and verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. See, now, now that, that to a blurred vision person is like, are you serious? Be holy. See, that, there we go. Mr. Super holier than now. No, it's encouraging you that this is a, a stated goal that you can do. But if we, if we, if we look at the whole body of the scripture, uh, John 15 says, apart from him, you could do nothing. Be confident in this very thing that he's begun a good work and you will perform it. So he can actually assist you in being holier than thou. Did you get that one? Yeah, yeah, but holier than you are at the time, you know, striving to be more and more holy, right? And the scripture says, be ye perfect as I am perfect, right? So it's saying don't strive to, well, nobody's perfect, nobody's, nobody's holy. Well, you're going to be a whole lot less perfect and holy. Strive for holiness and perfection. If you fall short, all right, well, you know, the grace of God to help you the rest of the way, Right? I read this out of the Amplified. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. It says, fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Live as obedient children of God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed, past tense, you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. It says, uh, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct, in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. See, it takes courage to live moral. It's not something everybody's doing, right? Um, it says, uh, because it's written, you shall, you shall, this says you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. You know, to me, that just sounds like if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, it's, uh, we're going to talk about this starting um, Wednesday, uh, uh, evolving purpose. You know, it's, it's, it, uh, there's, there's, there's stages. But just like with a, a woman birthing a child, there's, there's, there's you know, uh, again, I don't know everything, but I know there's trimesters and all this. Uh, the water breaks. I get that. But that baby, but I do know this. That baby can't stay in that womb forever. My wife just said it. You and the baby going to die. So, so this is the thing. When it seems like, I'm going to use the phrase, life is coming at us fast. When it seems like God is, uh, you know, uh, and I tell the story of when I, I fell out in the club, uh, took too many uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, right? So I tell the story when I fell out, right? So I fell out, and, uh, and I always think about they, they poured ice, a, a pitcher of ice about this big down my pants. And I still didn't wake up. They, uh, I sniffed up a box of smell, smelling sauce. So what's in that? Ammonia? Right. So, but they went through a box, though. So they didn't, they didn't just give me one and I didn't wake up. They just kept going. 
And they went through a whole box. So I still didn't wake up. So this guy, this football player, uh, well, I don't even know he's a football player. He's a weightlifter. And so I, so I saw him maybe a day or so later. He says, well, Keith, I smacked you. He said, like, I, with all my might, but I, I, could, I wasn't happy with just the, the smack. I doubled up on it. Because what? He's just trying to what? He's trying to do what? So, so the goal wasn't where my level of tolerance was. The goal was to wake me up. And that's what it is with, when, when God is, because some people are in situations right now in this house and, and watching online where it seems like you got smacked and somebody, and they got, they ain't doubled up, quadrupled up on a smack, Right? And I told you like it was a, a, a pitcher of ice. It seemed like somebody took a bucket, a bathtub of ice and just kept throwing it at you. And, and I said a box of a smell, smelling sauce, it, like, like a case. It was like, it's a, it, it seems like it's coming at you like that. But it's not, it's customized for you to wake you up. Oh, okay, why, why, why? Because some of us have blurred vision. What's caused the blurred vision? Okay, we, okay, we, 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 we done chronicle lies uh, in the sucker for sin, the different levels of sin, omission, commission, all different types. We only have to get into that. Uh, we've chronicled lies, smoking, drinking. We only have to get into that. Some of us, our pride is blurring our vision. Yes, some of us are, are arrogance. Some of us are intellect. Right? Did I say pride? I know I said, but I just repeated it, <laughs> right? And, and, and so what happens is it blurs our, it, it, it's, so, 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 so you get smacked to get you out of the pride. That's that humble situation that you just dealt with. Now, you know, some people, when they go through a humble situation, they go, okay, okay, Lord, what you trying to tell me? Or they're talking to an individual, they go, you know what, man? <sighs> when you first came at me, I really wasn't trying to hear that, but I just went through something this week. And uh, let's talk. Some people do that. I had a friend I used to talk to, and I, I was just, I'm the same guy. We was, we was playing ball together, and at the end of playing ball, we would pray, and then I would just share with him what I'm learning. So I'm, I'm, I was living for God, but now I'm trying, to li I'm trying to be all in. So this particular week, I had the Lord got on me cutting out my music. And so I was telling him, I said, man, you know, man, I was really going through some stuff which I saw him going through. And I said, man, and the uh, Lord told me to come out my music, and I, I, everything is clearer now. And I, I don't find myself getting angered as fast because I'm not feeding my flesh that music, right? And so we prayed, and we went on about the way. Like, I wasn't really trying, I wasn't, I wasn't behind a pulpit, wasn't trying to teach no doctrine or nothing. I was just being a witness. What happened to me, I'm sharing, sharing it with him. Man, two weeks later, he called me up. He said, man, we really need to talk, man. I said, why? He said, man, you were talking to me the other day. When you start saying, when you start talking about music, I was sitting there holding your hands, praying, going, man, you crazy. That, 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 but it was from this angle. Well, I'm glad God had to deliver you from that. <laughs> I'm glad, glad you're getting yourself together. Almost, I don't really need that. I'm good. This guy... Uh, if you watch it, you remember this. He tells me this. I didn't know. I wouldn't have known. He could have, it could have happened, and I would never know about it. He had an accident. He bounced off of five cars. 
And when he called me, he says, man, the first thing I thought about is God's trying to tell me stuff, and there's some stuff he's been using you to tell me. So let's talk. Right? So we had, now we became real close. Then I, God pulled me to another level in the kingdom. And so he pulled me to another level, so I had to stop doing something, some other thing. I'm trying to be holy, you know, every level I'm trying to be more and more holy because now I'm called to ministry. So where I was, the environment I was in, it wasn't a bad environment. It was, it was a church environment. It was, uh, I, actually, I learned a lot, but God was trying to get something else to me, right? So when, he, when God did it, again, I, I run into this guy playing ball. I said, hey, man. I said, he says, what you doing? I said, well, this is what I, what I realized here and what I realized here. And he was like, okay. He said, no, Lord ain't even leave me to do that. See him again. We have the conversation. Lord ain't leave me to do that. Then we spent some time talking. And, and when we spent time, I was giving him all the information I was getting. And one day I said, listen, man, can I be real with you? I said, you getting like crumbs. Like we doing these drive-bys, you getting crumbs. You're not getting the full impact of it because you're not planted in the same environment. So you're not drawing from the actual root. Like you, you getting some of the, 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 the pollen, <laughs> right? And so, so I said, I'm just saying, I said, so you got to decide what you want to do. So, you know, nothing really changed. Then I, uh, one day I saw him and he came to church. And he said, he said, man, pull out the paperwork. He's a jokes. He's, he's a funny guy. He said, pull out the paperwork. Then we sat down and talked. He said, you know what? He said, when you first told me what God was telling you to do, he said, I felt the pull, but I still wanted to play with my marbles. This is, he says this. He said, I want to still play with my marbles. You were trying to grow and mature, but I wanted to keep playing with my marbles. I didn't want this level of responsibility. He says, and I look at what God has been doing, and, and me and you were lockstep, you know. So, and actually, he was out of head when I met him, so God would have done much more in his life. You know what I'm saying? So this is the thing. When you hear stuff, like, anybody that cares, shares. That's all it is. Anybody that cares, shares. And, but, and, but, but the person that's sharing doesn't know all the details. So they don't know how it's going to convict you if you're going to feel condemned. They're just sharing, right? You have the choice of how you want to apply it or the choice if you want to use it at all or ignore it. Ignore it. We do it all the time, right? Yeah, so, like, I know this for a fact. The stuff I share, everybody ain't doing. A lot of people ain't doing. Some people will, man, that's a sweet sermon. But I'm not doing that. You got to be. Now, they're not going to say that. Their actions will. I'm not doing that. But that's, they're not, you know, somebody watching be like, you just being rebellious. They're not processing through rebellion or obedience. They're operating, operating off of their default, what's comfortable for them. But what I want to say is when you, everybody, every one of us will do that. But when you get stung, like, don't. Don't put yourself in a position where you got to keep getting slapped to wake up, to come out of it. Like, like let the first thing wake you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know what? I was tripping. You know, this, it's, that's okay. Or you know what? If I really look at the results of all my choices, obviously I need to do something different. Like, what's wrong with that? 
All right, just something to think about. All right, so let's go to uh, chapter 4. We're still in First Peter, right? Is that correct? Okay, yeah, good. Well, let's walk around in First Peter 2. All right, so chapter 4, and we'll uh, hit verse 7. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Does that sound familiar, what's going on in our culture? After the colon, it says, be ye therefore sober and watch and pray. It didn't say react. It didn't say conform. It just says, hey, the end is at, at hand. And if you want to know what to do, be sober, watch, and pray. Right? And what it, see, it's saying that because if you don't have a clear mind, you can easily be pulled into things because other people will dictate what you see. You know, this is, this is a culture, this is marketing culture, manipulative culture, and it's a, a information age. And a part of that is subliminal messages. A part of that is, whether you believe it or not, there's a lot of them being fed into you all the time. And a lot of that is uh, it's also um, where people tell you what to see. All right, so what's the movie? Uh, what's it called? Confidence? I, might, I think it was called Confidence. I could be wrong, but it was with Will Smith, right? And what they was, they was, they was confidence men, con men. And so, so in this particular movie, uh, they, they did all this hustling, right? They was hustling, and so he was training somebody. And they, you know, they, they picking pockets. They, they, they went to a major event, all major events. This is what they did. They would go to major events. And they just be working events, so it could be Mardi Gras or whatever like that. And they taking, they taking watches. They take. They, listen, when it was over, I think they, 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 they collected like a million and something dollars worth of stuff, right? Between cash and jewels. And so he has all the money. He's the person that he's training. He gets into the car. He says, "Hey, well, let's just stop off at a game." I have, I have box seats to a game. So he goes to a game, and they, they, they're watching game box seats. So it's a guy there. He betting on everything. Hey, uh, this guy's multi-millionaire. Hey, five hundred thousand dollars. Oh no, it was. I think it was started. He said thousand dollars. The person missed the field goal. Thousand dollars because he he's got money to burn. And so him and the person he's with, they get involved. He says, okay, we'll tell you what. Thousand dollars on such and such. So he loses. Then he says, okay, well let's let's double up. Five thousand dollars. And then so it gets to a point where the guy says, okay, well let's not play around here. Are we, are, we, are we gambling or are we gambling? Let's use real money. And so I think it was, I don't know, I, it could be 500000 or whatever. And then he loses. And the young lady's like, this ain't your money. This is all of the money that we all betted. What are you doing? And then he goes, he goes, she says, you need to walk away. So he, he, he walks out and the guy says, he calls him chicken or something. Ah, chicken. And he turns around. And he gets, takes all the money and he puts it on the table and says, double or nothing. And he says, double or nothing. And he says, and the bet, he says, well, you can pick the bet. He says, well, I bet that, that, uh, that the, the girl would pick a jersey number, like pick the, the, the guy's jersey number. He was like, he said, and you could pick the person. So he told the guy he could pick the person, and then the girl had to guess what the number was. 
So he picks a person, she's looking around, and then she sees a friend of theirs, like on the sidelines. So she says, how is this possible? So she picks a number and, and turns out, the guy says, how did you even do this? So the guy, the gambler was just excited. That he was like, oh my God, it's a miracle. He says, man, here, he said, man, double the nothing. He said, nah, so he, he took all his money. When they got in the car, he was, she was like, okay, how is that even possible? He says, we told him what number to pick. He said, from the time he was driving in from the airport, people protesting had the number 55 on their signs. Right? He said, when he walked into the hotel, the, the, the bellman had a number, a pen that had the number on it. The chandeliers had uh, things uh, dangling from it that had the number on it. His room number had the number on it. All the napkins and the towels in his room, when the TV screen turned on, everywhere he went, it had that number on it. So he thought he was choosing the number. But look, repetitious information, they kept feeding it to him, feeding it to him, feeding it to him, where he said what they wanted him to say. That's what happens in everyday life. When we're not locked in and getting sober through this world, we're being blurred by constant information that's feeding you what you want. I taught this in, in a youth ministry, uh, Subliminal Messages. You know, when you're sitting there in, a, in that movie theater, you think you thought about going to get popcorn? With, it's called flash flooding. In 30 seconds, you got all this information fed to you. Within that information was, get up and go get some popcorn and a Coke. I mean, use that particular company, but cola. Get a, get a cola, right? Right, so it was fed to you. Flash flooding. So you, you, you didn't even have time. Like, ain't nobody waiting for you to go out and buy their stuff. They're going to be broke. They got to feed to you, go get it. And before you know it, you don't go over. You can see the same commercial over and over and over and over, and you're still laughing at it, and you're still going buying the stuff. Nobody's complaining. They're still feeding you the same thing. You know, <laughs> I was thinking about the one, that, the, the one where the guy come out and say, uh, oh, I thought it was a Zoom meeting. <laughs> come out in his underwear. And I, just, I, thought, what? I thought it was a Zoom meeting. <laughs> it's my favorite commercial. All right. Just thought I'd open your spirit up a little bit with that one. Let me read the Amplified, First Peter 4, 7. It's like, I thought it was a Zoom meeting. All right, First Peter 4, 7. It's... <laughs> It says, uh, the end and culmination of all things is near, right? Uh, this is the Amplified version. It says, therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer. It says, staying balanced and focused on all the things of God so that your communication will be clear, reasonable, specific, and pleasing to him. All right, let's go over to the next chapter, chapter 5. We're going to focus on verse 8, but I'll start reading at verse 5. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. It says, and be clothed with humility. So it's saying to navigate through this life, we have to be humble to even benefit from one another. But if, if, but if everybody's compartment uh, 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 depersonalized as a rival or, or you sizing up, 
I know more than this person because you learned an angle of, a, of, of something, so you're going to use that to override their whole picture. Well, you don't know this. Probably don't because didn't study it, but if you give me the information, I would know it. I think that's the purpose of you getting it, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, so, so what it's saying is we have to stay humble and sober so we can learn from one another, so we can harmonize and benefit, fitly join together. Right, Mr. Lamar? Is that the scripture? Um, uh, so where was that? Be sober. I ain't get there yet, did I? I'm still on fire. Thank you. Subject to one another, be closed with humility. Uh, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So we already said we're not going to turn a blind eye to God's word. If we're prideful, God resists us, but gives grace to the humble, right? Okay. Right. So, so hide behind the scenes, embarrassing. I don't want to do this. That's pride. It says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, right? Casting all your, how much of your care? All your care upon him, for he cares for you. So, so cares aren't meant to be carried, they're meant to be cast. Because if we carry them, it'll blur our vision, right? And then verse 8, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he didn't say he is a roaring lion, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Why would that all be in the same scripture? Be sober, be vigilant, vigilant, thank you, uh, because, it's telling you why, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, see if I have blurred vision, I'm going to see him as if he is a roaring lion. I'm going to be intimidated. Like, is it, is it a cartoon Milan with his little dragon? And it was a shadow, but, but, he, but it looked like he was a big dragon. And, you know, you look behind, it's just a little, 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 real little thing, right? Or Wizard of Oz, right? Look, you know, I am the wizard, right? But he's the guy behind the curtain, right? So as a roaring lion, right? But if you blur, you'll, you'll be in more fear, more intimidation than necessary. So Amplify says, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times, right? That any of, enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely um, hungry, seeking someone to devour, somebody that's blurred that he could take advantage of. Right? And so that's why we have to, to, to uh, challenge ourselves to live a sober life because the adversary already knows he can't stop you, but his, his goal is to get you uh, blurred or clouded or, or, or overwhelmed. You know, our coach used to tell us in college, he said, well, Keith, because I, I was a, I was a, a scorer, but I love defense. I ain't like you scoring on me. I just like scoring on you. And he says, well, Keith, I, I appreciate the fact that you like to play individual defense. He says, but every once in a while, what we want to do is we want to break the team down. And we definitely want, if we have a good point guard, we want to break them down. So we're going to press. He said, now, now we may get some steals. If we get steals, fine. But eventually, what we're trying to do is break that guy down in his mind to a point where he'll just throw away the ball. 
And because what happens is he wants to run his offense or he wants to get his shots, and he got to get through this, he got to get through that. And that pressure, hopefully after a while, he just gets tired of staying focused and locked in. So the way I was taught as a point guard to handle the pressure, be calm, cool, and collected on the pressure. Don't react. Keep, st st be clear, there's always an opening. Because if they, to press, they actually have to bring more than needed, but they have to leave a, a, a vacancy. And so, but if you under pressure, you just see what's coming at you, but not see where they left. Right? And so, so, but if you handle it right, you're like, so y'all just gonna give me that. <laughs> and that's how I used to look at it, be like, you know, so they be coming at me, I was like, so if you over here, your man open, ain't he? <laughs> so I could be talking to him and throwing the ball here, like, there's that, that's a good try though, buddy. But you might want to stay over there and play your man. You see what I'm saying? Like understanding that you learn this in chess. Okay, you made this move over here, but you opened yourself up for me to get you over there. And so this is the thing. The adversary is trying to convince you that all his pressure coming at, at you is to break you down. What he's trying to hide is we're desperate. The end is near. We're about to lose this whole thing. So maybe if we attack, we, you would retreat or get overwhelmed and we can get something out the deal. But if you could see like with Jesus, when he was tempted in, in Mark chapter 4, and it, it said he tried to tempt the, the devil three times. He tried to come at him. And, and, and at the end, it said he, he fled for a season. He ran with terror. The word flee means to run with terror for a season. He left because he's like, oh, this dude can see. Every time I attack him, I, I open up the opportunity for somebody else to be blessed, to be healed, to be saved, to be delivered. And he gets stronger and realizes how weak I am. So that's why it's important that we're, we, we challenge ourselves to be sober. Don't get so uh, uh, swallowed up by all this stuff happening because it's trying to blur your vision. It really is. I, listen, if, if, if uh, what, uh, Melissa, she did uh, Air Force on Thursday, so she, she asked if we would change the world, what would we do? Was that statement? And so, so I said love because I said love. Perfect love casts out fear, but also love conquers hate, right? And so for Christians, I think if we were really sober-minded, when we see what's happening out here, it should fire us more to bring people into the kingdom, bring people out of darkness into the marvelous light. But let's say if we've compromised ourselves, if we've got pulled into the darkness, then we normally operate like this. Well, who am I to judge? Well, I don't want to say nothing to him, and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. That's a, that is a view, it's, and, and, and it is to be respected. But I'll give you another one. Why don't I put myself in a position where I'm sober-minded so I can help? So, so the first part is you recognize, man, this person needs help. I don't feel that I can help them. But that shouldn't be it. It shouldn't be over. We can position ourselves to help people if we really care. So now I want y'all to think through this. So we're just, we're just, we're, we're going to use our imagination to believe that God walked in the room and he cleared everybody's sight. So I, I taught a message 
uh, called the hindsight of the great, right? So he clarifies, so, so you have the sight to see forward, or First Peter, seeing afar off, right? And you have the sight to see where you're at, but you have the sight to see where you've been. Because you, you got full, total, total vision, peripheral everything, right? Now, in looking back in hindsight, how many opportunities did you have to share Christ with someone that you didn't? Okay, not, not, not for condemnation, but just the reality. Everybody in the room, I think, had the opportunity to share. Some people didn't even want to recognize it was an opportunity. They all right. They be all right. <laughs> right? So what I'm saying is, suppose we share Christ with everybody. We draw people, drew people out of darkness into the marvelous light with everybody we encounter. Let me ask you this. How much craziness will be happening out here? If everybody that has Christ, that's in the light, got their ticket to heaven, was purchasing somebody else's ticket, what would be happening out here then? See, because... See, I got to make sure I'm okay to say this because there's certain things I'm not allowed to say. By God. I'm not talking about what anybody else is. All right, so I'm, I'm going to put it this way. Um, okay, I'll do it this way. Just, 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 all right, so let's say if you, uh, if you get what you think would be the right person in office, okay? Whatever it may be. I don't know what everybody believes. But let's say, so, and there's a lot of craziness happening out here, right? Have you ever known anybody that's been around craziness? A lot of young grew up in the hood. You ever know anybody in the hood, before they did crazy, they asked, oh, before I do this, who's in office? Have you ever seen that? Or let's say if, 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 if there was a, 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 uh, some type of crazy stature, you know, if I do this, this could happen to me, right? You ever seen anybody go, now what could happen to me if I do this? I'm talking about somebody that's been blind. You know, us growing up in the hood, somebody been blind, you ever seen a blind person consider the consequences? They wouldn't be blind, right? The same mindset it took for them to do what they did, that same blindness is going to have them do it no matter what you do, unless they can see. So are we working to, is, is, uh, the harvest is plenteous, but the labor is a few? Are we working as laborers for the harvest? Because the person that you cool with, respectfully, that you're cool with them, could be the person that abuses somebody because of, of they've been portrayed, they've been played, they got caught in a crazy moment and put them in harm's way, put themselves in harm's way. But they wouldn't be in that situation if somebody would have brought them to the light. You hear all the stories. Uh, Bob? Bob Black? No way Bob Black was doing it. Now, Bob, listen, Bob used to cut my lawn when he cut his lawn. Bob was a great guy. I don't know nobody else like Bob. We used to leave our kids with Bob when we went out of town. Bob did what? But Bob was a nice guy. But does a nice guy not get Christ? Does a nice guy not get ministered to? 
and and I and I'll say this to you. Uh, uh, we'll bring it back out. Pastor Mel did it. Uh, she's doing it at ministry school, and she's did it here at the church before. Just a whole thing on evangelism. Okay, if you are well versed, Ms. Lamar is well versed in the Word. Fine, go out there and break people down with scriptures if you want to. Um, but you're a witness. Christ is doing something in your life. Just share that. And then share your journey. You don't have to be walking on water to minister to people. You really don't. You just have to talk to them about your process, wherever your process is at. And some people will relate to where your process is at. When I was in North New Jersey, just gave my life to Christ, I was talking to people about Jesus. Lord knows I don't know what I was telling them because I ain't know no scripture, but I was telling them. Every stage in my life, I've shared from that stage. And, when, and I would share because I was being impacted. When I started to see a little bit, it was like I saw everything, but I didn't. <laughs> I just thought I did, you know. And every year that I, I, I awaken and I grow and my, my sight gets clear because my sight is still getting clear. Guess what? I, may, I'm, I could have said something today. I'm liable to say something next week to be like, what is he talking about? Hey, just come up to me and go, hey, are you where did you say that? You might want to, um, uh, you know, there's something in your eye. Somebody go, I think it's something in your eye. Or my wife get me with this. Babe, you got sleep in your eye, babe, babe, get, babe, babe. We're not going nowhere until you get that out your eye, right? But I don't go, who do you think you're talking to to tell me that I got sleep in my eye? Ain't nobody perfect. No, I just get it out of my eye. You see what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't, well, I was about to say I didn't put it in there. I don't know how to even get in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, just shows up, you know, unannounced. <laughs> but, but the whole point is sometimes even when you're trying to live righteous, flesh shows up unannounced. Right? Now, for some people, flesh shows up unannounced and they ain't too far from the flesh, so they be talking crazy. Some people may have a little more edge and a lot less love. Some people may be clouded from the effect on other people. But since we're all family, we can just all talk about it. Somebody can say, hey, get that sleep out your eye. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, like, it's okay. I don't know if that's a great example, but you know what I'm saying? But this is the best one I can use. Right? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, but we, like, like, you know, people have this, don't tell me this. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me this, right? And then let's say, so let's say somebody, and they'll say, oh, no, this is what I'll try to say. We miss it. Everybody miss it here? Okay. Me and you? <laughs> me, you, and you. All right. So out there in the audience, TV land, everybody miss it, right? When you miss it, you want people to understand, don't you? Right? I mean, you feel better. Well, that's the people that feel bad. We have some people that is cold. But for the most part, let's think the best. People feel bad, want people to understand. Like you may, you may break down. Hey, see, there was extenuating circumstances, right? Or, man, I, I, you know, I was overwhelmed. I was just, I, I, it was just so much going on. I know you catch me probably about 5 o'clock on Sunday. It's probably not the best time to talk to me. And it's definitely not the best time to be coming at me because I'm probably spent at that time, so you're probably going to get all truth. Like, 
Like, no, nothing, nothing, nothing else filtered. So I, I know me. Like, you know, I ain't watering it down, nothing. It's like, it's about five. I done been up early in the morning running, preached two sermons. You know, all t- by then I probably done, had about seven counselings. So I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be mean, but you're probably going to get all truth. Ain't that right? Yeah, they, they would take us, they would take us in at like eight. <laughs> we go out to eat, we have to take us to be like eight o'clock. All, right, man, all I got left now is true for more fumes. <laughs> yeah, that's in the past. Okay. Yeah, you can't, you can't be putting people out there like they do that now. A long time ago, while they were up and coming. You're right. You're right. See, I slipped that out. I could have made it seem like it was yesterday. <laughs> right? She would have had to be humble and just let that go. <laughs> that was sarcastic. I take that back. I take that back. Yeah, my wife said he's working on me. But so, so I said that to say, so let's say if the pastors, like, slip, is there extenuating circumstances? Do you look at them through the same lenses you want them to look at you through? I think the pastor slipped. <laughs> pastor Mal slipped. She, she said, she said, uh-uh. No, but I was <laughs> No, you, you understood the question, all right. <laughs> you didn't misunderstand. You heard exactly what I said. And that was your response. It just came out before you could think about it. She was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Go ahead, tell, tell, me, tell us how you really feel. She was like, it's no grace. <laughs> so, so as a family, as we get clearer and clearer, hey, man, we're all, we all evolving. We're all evolving. Everybody's at different levels. Uh, now again, even, I think even if we're pastors, we slip. You got to be held accountable. Somebody got to say something to you. You know, you got to speak the truth and love to you because too much is given, much is required. But don't give yourself a pass because you're not a pastor. Too much is given, much is required. God is requiring you to be at levels based on what he designed, not based on what you're willing to accept. Jeremiah was a prophet before he was a prophet in, in the mother's womb. I just want, so why y'all, why, why y'all giving yourselves a pass? I just accepted responsibility and put myself out here for criticisms, <laughs> right? But some of y'all are supposed to be accepting responsibility too. Can I get an amen and a hallelujah? <laughs> Well, <laughs> not me. All right, so let's stand on our feet. That's all for today, man. That's it.